Well, good morning. If you weren't here before, let me welcome you again and say how glad we are that you're here. If you've been around the last few weeks and if you've been tracking with us, then you know we've been talking about this idea of what does it mean to be and to become the church in the here and now. And every week we've looked at a different word and we've thought about a different idea and we started with this idea of discipleship and what does it mean for us to be followers of Jesus of Nazareth. And then today what I want you to think about is this idea of of family. I think this is also uh, an important word for us to think about. And today what I I really want to kind of drive down on is this idea of what does it mean to reclaim this idea of family uh, for our churches, for us, uh, for us as moms and dads, for us as grandparents, and your family situation may look different than mine, and yours may look different than the person next to you, but that's okay. Um, what does it look like to have, have a family that honors God and that follows Jesus? That's kind of the question. Well, what's your deepest desire for your family? I'm sure you've thought about this. For your family and for your family context, like what is your heart's deepest desire? Uh, for Alicia and I, you know, uh, there's a lot of desires, but obviously the one that we hold up you know, is the most central thing is, you know, we want to raise our kids, right, to, to know Jesus, to love Jesus, to serve Jesus. That's like, that's paramount. That's, that's what it is that we want, just like you want that for your kids. Uh, I don't know what Friday night is like at your house, but at our house, Friday night is either pizza and movie night or pizza and game night. And the other night we were having pizza and game night, so we get the pizzas in the oven and we're getting ready to get out the kids' board games and play some games. And, and again, you know, our hardest desire is for always for our kids to, to know Jesus and love Jesus and follow Jesus. So we're playing this game and we're, we're having a good time. We're laughing. We're giggling. The kids are having a great time. And all of a sudden, I'm sure this, this never happens at your house, but all of a sudden, one of our kids blurts out a word. And it's one of those inappropriate words, if I can, I won't say it, but uh, one of those inappropriate words. And Alicia and I kind of, you know, jerk up, look at each other like, did she just say that? I won't tell you which kid. And, uh, and we're like, you know, like any good parent, you know, we respond with that standard line that, um, you know, in our house, that's not a word that we say. And that began a whole conversation about the words that we can say and the words that we can't say and why it's important to, to talk a certain way. And, and, of course, in that moment, our kids weren't trying to say the wrong thing. They just blurted out a word they'd heard before and they thought it would, would fit there, but it, it clearly did not. And, and as we're having this conversation, you could see our, our middle child, Ella Gray, she's seven years old, and there's just this, this look of confusion coming over her face. And I can tell just in the back of her mind, she's wondering, how in the world am I supposed to know which words I can say and which words I can't say? And so finally, she looks up to me and Alicia in frustration. She's like, can you and mom just make me a list of all the words I can't say? <laughs> we are not going to make that list. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not good parenting. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice, though, if you could just make a list for your kids and they would do it, right? Like, here's a list of what you can say, what you can't say. Here's a list of how you should act uh, in public. Here's a list of, 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 of the kind of grades you're supposed to make. Here's the, the list of, of, of how many times a day you should pray and read your Bible. Here's a list of the chores you have to do. Now, just take this list and go do it. But you and I know, if, I mean, if you're a parent, you know this is true. If you're a kid, you know this is true. If you have a pulse, you know this is true. That's not how we were wired. Uh, none of us, none of us, none of us, even the best of us, uh, can take a list and do it perfectly and execute it correctly and always get it right. That's just not the way that we were created. And for those of us, for most of us at least, that are human, you know, this drives us crazy, especially now more than ever. Because I think this is true for a lot of us. One of the things that we crave is to have a picture 
perfect family. Like this is really important now more than ever. Uh, this is a picture uh, of our family, a picture perfect, you know, uh, if, if you will. One of, our, one of my good friends took this picture. He's a photographer. And in this picture, you see everybody's smiling and everybody's glowing and they're just beautiful. And what you don't see is all the screaming and bribing that took place moments before this picture happened. <laughs> what you don't see is behind the cameraman, there are scads of M&Ms and Skittles that have been promised as bribes if they would just smile for a nanosecond. What you don't see is the other 999 pictures that were taken, and this is the only one we got, you know? But this is the one that we put on Facebook. This is the one we hang over the fireplace. You do this, I do this, because we crave to have this picture-perfect family. What we don't put up are pictures like this, right? Yeah. The, the pictures where, where they're, they're crying and frowning. Emma, if you know Emma at all, if you just saw her leave church, you know, she is the queen of these kinds of faces, you know. And, and it's just not, these aren't the pictures normally we post because we want everyone to think that we have a picture-perfect family. And the truth is, can I just say this? Can we just breathe deep for a second and realize this? You were never called to have a picture-perfect family, okay? That's not something Jesus is calling you to. It's not, I'm not even sure it's attainable. Um, it's, not, it's not possible. We weren't called to have a picture-perfect family. And this is hard for us because we scroll the social media timelines and we see all these great pictures of great people and their families and their kids and their lives. And, and we wish sometimes that we had what they had. And the truth is, is, if you saw the picture behind the picture, you would realize it's not always perfect. We post the perfect ones. But it's not always, it's not always perfect. And you weren't called to have a picture-perfect family. When I think about families, I think about houses. You know, houses are different, right? They come in different shapes and sizes. Some houses are one story, some are two stories, some are three stories. They have different features and amenities. Some of them have, you know, backyards or a pool or three-car garages. You know, they all look different. Some, some houses have had additions added on to them later. Some houses have, have had some kind of damage or they've had to have some kind of repair or some major renovations. Houses are different. They come in different shapes and sizes. They're, they're located in all, all kinds of places. But there's one thing, and you know this, like I know this, this doesn't take a, a contractor to know this, this one simple truth. There's one thing that, that all houses, that, that they have in common. In any house that's standing for any length of time, there's one thing every house has in common, no matter how different it is from the house next to it. And the one thing that every house has in common is, is a solid foundation. And, and, and if you've ever bought a home, you know how important this is. Like when you walk in a home, have you ever gone, gone inside a home that had foundation problems? You don't, again, you don't have to be an expert to figure this out. If you walk in a home and the floors are slanted, <laughs> your first thought is, what's wrong with the foundation? If you walk in a home and you see cracks in the walls and the ceiling, you know, you're beginning to think, what's wrong with this house? There's probably something wrong with the foundation. And so what you want to think about is whenever you're looking for a home is, I need a home that has a rock-solid foundation. We can do lots of things to this house. We can paint it. We can renovate it. We can update the kitchen. But, and you can do all those things. But if the foundation isn't solid, it's not really going to matter because there's always going to be problems. And you can patch those walls and paint them again and again, but it's not going to fix the real problem, the deeper problem, that there are foundation problems. Have you ever seen this truth unfold in the life of a family? I'm sure you have. You look at a family, and on the outside, everything looks picture perfect. But then life hits and something happens. And we try as best we can to update everybody and upgrade everybody. And we try to get everybody in the, in the, the best looking clothes and with the, equipped with the latest gadgets or the nicest cars. 
And this isn't always true, but this is sometimes true, that we can do all the updating and upgrading we can to people, but it doesn't fix and it doesn't cover up the fact that in that family there are deeper, more fundamental, more foundational problems. And if you don't address the foundation, well, you can paint that house as much as you want, but it's never going to fix the root of the problem. There's something wrong at a fundamental, at a foundational level. And if we're ever going to reclaim what it means to have a biblical concept of a family, we have to get back, I think, to the words of Jesus. The good news is that God has a plan for your family, okay? I mean, he's the master builder. He's the ultimate contractor. He's the perfect architect, right? And he's already surveyed your family, and he already knows exactly what you need so that your family can stand more secure, more firm, more steady than it ever has before, But we have to go back to his words and look at his words and read his words through the filter of family to understand and to see and to believe what it is that Jesus is calling you and I to. And again, his call is not for you to have a perfect family. Your family may not look like my family. And my family may not look like your family. But Jesus, as far as I can tell in all of the scripture, never called us to to build a perfect, picture-perfect family. What he called us to is to build the family that we have on a solid foundation. So this morning, I want to read through this story. You've probably read this story before. It's one of Jesus' most famous stories. It's, it's incredibly popular. We almost always read it from Matthew, but this morning I want to read it from Luke. It's, it's about the same. It's a little different, but the message, the heart of it is the same. And it starts in Luke 6. If you have your Bibles or your, or your devices, you want to turn those on or open those up to Luke 6. We'll start in verse 46. The words will be on the screen as well. But as we read this story, these words of Jesus... What I want you to do is read these words and understand these words of Jesus through the filter of your family. And maybe how we can apply these words to the lives of our families as we try to reclaim what it means to be a family that follows Jesus. Jesus says these words, Luke six forty six. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood arose, the stream broke against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. Now, before we read on, there's one more verse, but before we read on, push pause. And and I want want us to take a minute and think about what Jesus just said, because I think these words are powerful. Did you hear his opening line? Why do you call me Lord? But you don't do what I say. Wow. Let that sink in for a minute. Why do you call me Lord, but you don't do what I say? I think these words of Jesus are some of his most indicting words he ever said. Sometimes we read this story quickly and we think quickly to the VBS song we sung growing up, but we don't let the power of him sink in because some of us, for a lot of our lives, have called Jesus Lord. But if, if you can just be honest with yourself for a minute, if I can be honest with myself for a minute, We know it's true. There have been times, there have been seasons, and now maybe one of them when you call Jesus Lord, but you don't do what he says. And you moan and you groan when things don't go your way. And you cry out to him at the last moment. But the reality is, is that's the first time in a long time you've called his name. Because you call him Lord, Lord, but you don't do what he says. And we live in a culture where this word obedience has got a bad rap. And nobody likes it. It makes us really uncomfortable. But let's just be honest with what Jesus is saying here. If you're going to call him Lord, and you have to read his words, you have to understand his words. 
But it's not just knowing his words. It's not just hearing his words. Jesus says it's doing his words, putting his words into practice. That's what makes you a follower of Jesus. That's what gives you the right to call him Lord, Lord. It's that person that, that, that calls him Lord, that hears his words, that understands his words, and that puts those words into practice. That's the person that builds their house on the solid foundation that is Jesus Christ. So I want to just ask you this morning, are you doing what Jesus says do? Are you living your life? I can't answer this for you. It's, it's up to you and God. But are you living your life in such a way that you are in obedience to his word and his commands, his teachings, his will? Is there any area of your life that is not in alignment with the teachings and the words of Jesus? Because as long as your life is out of alignment with the words and the teachings of Jesus, you'll never have the life that Jesus wants you to have. As long as your life, any area of your life is out of balance or out of whack, doesn't line up with what Jesus has told you to do and has taught you how to live, you'll never have the life that Jesus wants you to have. If you're going to call him Lord, Lord, you have to hear his words. And you have to put those words into practice. And, and here's the amazing thing. Jesus says, when you do that, it's like you build your house on a firm foundation. And when the storms hit and they're going to hit, what's going to happen is your house, no matter how brutal the storm is, is going to stand. And if you're anything like me, you know this is true, not because I'm saying it, but because you've seen it. You've seen people in your life who know Jesus. And when the storms hit, their faith stood firm. And yeah, it got bad, but they were still standing. Why? There's only one way to explain it. Because they built their life and their belief and their faith on the teachings of Jesus. But listen, he goes on, and the next verse is powerful because Jesus says this, verse 49, the one who hears and does not do them well, he's like a man who built on a house on the ground without a foundation. And when the stream broke against it, immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. Have you ever seen this happen? Have you ever seen this happen to somebody, to a family around you? When the, when, when the tough times came, when the, when the storm blew in, man, the family just fell apart. You, you see, I think this is true. And again, I know this isn't always true, but generally speaking, I believe this is true. That families who intentionally build their foundation on Jesus launch kids that follow Jesus. Now again, I, I've been in ministry a long time. I've been in church a long time. I've been around people a long time. So I know that this isn't always true. I've seen, I've seen kids come from homes of, of parents and moms and dads who didn't believe in Jesus, who didn't go to church, who were incredible, on fire for Jesus' kids. I've also seen kids who grew up in incredible homes of, of God-loving Christian parents who, for some reason, it just didn't take, and they went off the rails. So I know this isn't always true, but I do, I do believe this is generally true, that this is how it works. And if I'm going to hedge my bets. I'm going to hedge them this way, that families that build their foundation on Jesus most of the time are going to launch kids that follow Jesus. But if that's true, I believe the converse is also true, that families that do not build their foundations on Jesus— most of the time, they don't launch kids that follow Jesus. And for you and I, what I think is the crux of the matter is this. 
The question isn't, how can I fix my family? The question isn't, how, what are the seven steps or the 13 ways to, 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 to be a better Christian mom or be a better Christian dad? I think the question is that we have to wrestle with as families in this room is how do we build a foundation for our family that's on Jesus Christ? How do we do that? I can't remember who, who said this, but I, remember, I read this years ago and I've always remembered it. This guy had done tons of research on families, on Christian families, and he came to this consensus. He said, when it comes to your kids, you get what you are spiritually. That's pretty indicting. When it comes to your kids, you get what you are spiritually. Think about that in relation to your parents and how spiritual they may or may not have been and then how that's affected your walk with Christ. Or think about your own kids, you know, and how they are. And and, and then how your own walk with Christ is. When it comes to your kids, this guy says at least, you get what you are spiritually. Dr. Jim Burns once said, and I love this too, he said, he said, the best thing you can do for your kids is to let them catch you being spiritual. I love that. Now, I have vivid memories when I was growing up of waking up in the morning and walking towards the, the back of the house and seeing my dad on the, the back porch in the swing with a cup of coffee in one hand and his Bible in the other. I have vivid memories growing up, walking into the kitchen and seeing my mom's Bible laid open where she'd been reading. And that's just one or two examples of a thousand examples of how growing up I got to see my mom and dad living out their, their faith and walking with Christ and exploring their journey with Jesus. And, and, and I know I'm blessed because I know that my life to a large degree has been affected by that because I had mom and I had a dad that, that let me catch them being spiritual. They weren't doing anything overtly. They were just doing what they do as they follow Jesus. And I got to witness that. I got to see that. And, and it makes me think about this, that really... You know, moms and dads, if, if we want our kids to love Jesus, well, we got to love Jesus. We have to be lovers of Jesus. You know, moms and dads, if we want to have kids that, that know God, then we have to know God. If we want to have kids that worship Jesus, they got to see us worship Jesus. they got to hear us worship Jesus. If we want to have kids that, that talk about Christ to their friends, we've got to talk about Christ to their friends because we get what we are spiritually. And if we're going to have, here's the thing, if we're going to have families that build our foundation on Jesus and launch kids that follow Jesus, then it's really not about how do we fix our family. It's what do we do? What do we do in our own hearts, in our own lives? What do we do to build our foundation on Jesus? And this matters. This matters for every person in the room. You may may be listening, you may be thinking, I don't have kids, or my kids are grown, or, you know, I'm an empty nester, or I've got, you know, Um, grandkids now and they don't even live here I think this matters for everybody in the room and we're going to talk about this more next week but this matters to all of us because as a church don't we want to be a church that builds a foundation as this faith family comes together on Jesus because your faith not only matters to your family your faith matters to my family and your faith not only matters to your kids your faith matters to my kids And as a church, as the Riverside Church of Christ here in this place, I hope that we want to be a part of a faith family that's building a foundation together collectively on Jesus Christ so that we can launch the next generation of kids that are Jesus followers into the world for the good of the church and the glory of his name so that we can participate in making things on earth as they are in heaven. But that only happens. That only happens when you and when I take the time to build our foundation 
on Jesus. And, and you may even be thinking as I'm talking that, you know what, Corey, you don't even know my family. You don't know what's going on with us. You don't know what phase of life we're in. You don't know what's, what's happened. You don't know our story. And, and you're exactly right. When Alicia and I were in Atlanta, we, um, we decided to buy a house that needed some work. We were going to take it and, and update it and live in it for a while, and we did that. But before we bought it, we found out that it actually had foundation issues. And so before we, we, we signed the contract, we called in some guys that, that knew about houses and knew about foundations and asked them to look at it, and they did. And they said, well, this, this, is, this is fixable. This isn't the end of the world. What, you, what we'll do is after you buy the house, we're going to come in. And before you do anything else, we're going to come in and we're going to dig out on this side of the house five or six areas under the foundation, get all the dirt dug out, and then we're going to pour in five or six concrete pillars that are going to support this house. And we said, that sounds great. And so we did it, and they did that, and they came in. They, they brought in their workers, and they, they dug it out, and they poured in that concrete. And when it was all said and done, we had complete confidence that the foundation was secure and the house was in, in better shape than it had been in for a long, long time. So what I want you to know is that it's never too late to build your family on the foundation that is Jesus. And you may not know where to start, and you you may not know what to do, but that's okay because you're a part of a larger faith family, and that's what we're here for. We're called the church. And as we come together, what, what has to happen is we have to let each other help each other. And maybe you need somebody to come into your situation and dig out some dirt, and maybe you need somebody else to come in and pour some concrete. I don't know. But as the church, what happens when we come together as the the family of God, as a faith family here, is that we do this. We support each other and we help each other build a foundation on Jesus Christ. And we can do this. We have to do this. I asked you at the very beginning, you know, what's, what's what's your desire for your family? I can tell you my desire. I can't wait. I can't wait. Jesus comes and we get to go into that place where where the angels gather every day around the clock to sing holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty and I can't wait to sit on the edge of that river that flows by the throne of God and put my feet in those waters because I can't wait to sit there with my kids with my wife and with my family And I can't wait to sing. And I can't wait to worship. And I can't wait to literally be in the presence of the Son of God. And I want to experience that with my family. That's what I'm looking forward to. You know, the truth is nothing else matters. I'm all for good grades. I'm all for excelling in sports. But to be honest with you, I could care less. Because there's one thing. There's one thing. There's one thing that I want more than anything. And that one thing that I want is I want to sit there by that river. And I want to be with my wife. And I want to be with my kids. And together, I want us to be able to worship Jesus. But that only happens. That's the the perfect picture I'm looking forward to. But that only happens when day after day after day, we're pouring into that foundation that is Jesus Christ. And we're finding ways to establish our family on the words of Jesus Christ. And what I want to call you to today is to ask you, how can you do that? 
How can you, how can you have this same foundation? My house may look different than your house. My family may look different than your family. But there's one foundation that I want us all to be building on. And that's the foundation of Jesus Christ. Would you stand with me, church? So today, as we come together in this place, this is what I want us to commit to. As we try to reclaim the biblical concept of what it means to be a family that follows Jesus. And I would call us each to say, I will follow him. I'm going to give my life to him. I'm going to say that, that, that there's no God like our God, that there's no rock like this rock, and this is the bedrock that I'm going to build my house on, and it's Jesus. And this morning, you, you, may, you may want us to pray for you in that. In fact, if, if I could ask our, our shepherds and elders in the room and their wives to kind of move out towards the walls. We didn't plan this ahead of time, but I think it's the kind of morning we could do this. If you want someone to pray and just pray for your family, man, th- these men, these women would love to pray for you in that. Because I know when it comes to families, this is a sensitive subject and it's hard and it's not always easy. In fact, it's often messy. And so I get that. But I know that there's one thing that's true and that, that it's that God's earnest desire for you and for your family to have a foundation that is his son, Jesus. So that one day when we gather at that river, we can gather there together. And that one day when we sing this song, we'll sing it there together. And that one day when we worship Jesus, he'll literally be in our presence. And we'll get to see him face to face. And we'll say, we're going to follow you. Here and now, we're going to follow you wherever you lead us. Here and now, we're going to go wherever you call us to go because we want our lives to be founded on the foundation that is Jesus Christ. So if you need prayer, take time to, 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 to gravitate towards the edges of the room. And pray with somebody. And let's ask God to reclaim our families and to build them back on the foundation that is Jesus Christ. Let's sing.